narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live. It's been that kind of week in America, and it's certainly going to be that kind of night tonight on this show. We're very excited to have you with us tonight. But of course, it's a very serious, somewhat solemn period in our time in America. But we'll help you walk through uh, the events of the last few days and look ahead into the next few weeks and see how things might develop. Hi, Greg Oliar. How are you tonight? Oh, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. You, know. you made it through? Whatever. We're all going to be in the same state of suspended, anxious, whatever, until Wednesday at noon. You exactly. Know? That, that's the truth. There's, there's maybe, no getting around it. Maybe yeah. even a little bit longer, but probably till Wednesday at noon, it'll start feeling a lot better. Uh, yeah. Hi, LB. How are you? Hi. I'm okay. Yeah? What's yeah. LA like today? I, yeah. I know that the uh, coronavirus continues to exact a big toll over there. Uh, it's very bad. Um, the new numbers are that one in three... Uh, people in Los Angeles County uh, have been and or wow. are currently infected. Wow, that's um, an incredible number. We had we're having big heat right now, and we had really bad winds last night. Woke me up in the middle of the night. Um, that's usually kind of a bad thing when the wind wakes me up in a a dry heat. Yeah, apocalyptic Scared. moment. Right. Um, so hopefully that's not. I know that they were evacuating people pretty far, you know, north, um, pretty far north, so. Because of fires uh, this there early? Fire. There was a fire this late, yeah. It's late, I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, at least you're you're not feeling so, any of that tonight. That's how LA is. <laughs> Boy, really, what has happened? What has hot. happened? It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's uh, put all this in context yeah. for everybody, and then we'll sort of, you know, we, we are really in the midst of a hybrid war. That's what they call this thing that we're in. It's when... You know, it's a Russian thing. They kind of like this thing. They like to attack in ways that are not obvious. The old war, you know, used to have two sides up against each other and they'd meet up at the front and they'd point their weapons and they, you know, the strongest one would win. In a hybrid war, you get all these other things. You get um, information warfare, you get cyber attacks, you get all these things that can be felt but not necessarily seen, not necessarily heard and not necessarily retaliated to in that same way. So when you're in that sort of hybrid war, it's hard to know you're really at war. It sometimes feels like, you know, you're not really in that position. But clearly, when you look at everything that's been happening to us, and it's been happening to us, there are elements that are um, indoctrinating our citizens with a, with a you know, ideology and a narrative that no one has ever heard of before. Um, it seems to have worked quite well. You've had a leader who seems to be beholden to, um, to a foreign leader, um, to, to Putin in particular. You've got cyber attacks in the United States by the same country. Um, and so the situation is not great. But on the other hand, they're not here with weapons. They are here just with their information warfare and their cyber attacks and you know the people they've been able to co-opt, which means they're still in a fairly weakened position compared to where we are. And it's important to keep that in mind as we wander through this next few days. They'll be a show of force, no doubt, I think. Maybe it'll be as equal to... Uh, what we saw last Wednesday, maybe it won't. But, you know, there, there's still going to be an attempt to foment civil war. I mean, that's really the goal. When you look at, uh, uh, what's his name, Gerasimov's uh, 
uh, doctrine. It's all really about fomenting civil war. That's their goal right now. That's what they want to see us achieve. We need to keep that in mind. And as we focus our energies in the next few weeks, we need to think about how do we not go into civil war, even though it's kind of tempting sometimes, because the guys on the other side are so annoying and stupid and crazy. But we need to be able to keep in mind that unity is actually really important and not landing up fighting with each other is really important because the enemy is not us. The enemy is outside and we'll get to them at a later stage. So maybe that's just a way of getting people sort of thinking about this thing in a more strategic way and not thinking about it as, oh my God, what's going on? There is a plan that someone's executing and we are victims of it right now. And we can overcome it, I think, um, through some careful thinking about what it is that uh, they're doing and, uh, and by responding to it in a smart way. Now, tonight's a show that we've uh, meant to be kind of funny. You know, Friday nights are meant to be our fun hangout show, and uh, we'll get to some of that maybe a little later on. But because it's kind of important, uh, we'd love you to retweet for the show. So if you're watching right now, uh, retweet it to whoever your followers are, and maybe you can get a larger group of people joining us tonight because uh, we have some interesting things to share, and hopefully you will too on the chat rooms. We'll keep monitoring those. Um, LB, I know you're going to talk a little bit about the information warfare and how how we got to the point where you know, we would have been able to be indoctrinated um, by the likes of Steve Bannon and all these other countries. I'm very pleased to be hearing now, finally, on uh, cable news, uh, because that is still the main way that I think news comes into people, aside from uh, Facebook, is they, they're watching uh, the, the cable news programs um, or channels. And so now there's a a drumbeat of the word radicalization coming from uh, people with expertise, both backgrounds in law enforcement, people we like, people we're pissed at, <laughs> you know, even call me, and the and the news hosts themselves. So they, they are really finally, finally talking about the fact that we've been in the midst of a, of, of a real radicalization effort um, by some, uh, some pretty nefarious actors. They're not naming those people too much right now because we did just have this uh, this attack on January 6th. We will see that there was coordination with uh, our elected officials with these sort of what um, Molly McHugh termed uh, three years ago now, almost two and a half years ago, information terrorists. Mm. And uh, these are very uh, carefully cultivated and selected actors that came out of Steve Bannon's Breitbart universe. Um, uh, in, in particular, that he really is a key and core player uh, to this thing, and his uh, and he's sort of the mind behind the information terror that we've been going through and the blueprint of radicalization. How to radicalize Americans? Uh, where is our where's the weakest link in the chain of American society, and especially the nuclear family, to press in and lean on and, and radicalize, and then infect from the family out uh, and communities outward into the greater body to where something that maybe started in a very dark corner um, of online activity. Um, and it wasn't all that dark, everybody. <laughs> we go back through this, it's like, remember we had these talk about the dark web and it wasn't that dark. Anybody could go in. Some of the best comedy writers around in television for the last decade have been hanging out in those forums and looking at the memes and looking at the jokes and figuring out ways to bring them in and feel edgy and be edgy. Um, it, it, so it's something that has been in the creative community, uh, everyone's been very aware of for quite a long time. But there has been in these gaming forums in, in the four chans of the world, 
uh, way back when there was a, not even that far back, there was a real radicalization effort that started there. And then it just slowly got mainstreamed um, into what we're seeing today, where tens of thousands of people will show up on the National Mall in a state of a frenzy and uh, be willing to go in and, and, and lay waste to an insurrection and a siege of our capital and even kill our lawmakers and yeah. think that they are rationalized in doing that. That's radicalization. It is. And now we got some new information today about how close Mike Pence was to actually being maybe yeah. attacked, maybe uh, taken hostage, maybe killed, who knows. But about a minute away, uh, said the New York Times, I think it was, was it the Washington Post, the Post did, saying that he was about a minute away from, from finding himself face to face with that uh, crowd. So this is not just a, a Democrat problem. This is a problem that America is facing. You know, that's the vice president of the United States that was, uh, you know, shielded by his Secret Service police uh, officers and a, and a squad that's attached to him to tackle these kinds of things. And he had to be rushed out of the Capitol to escape these marauding crowds that were coming after him. And so we know that this is a, you know, it's, it's obviously shattered the whole political landscape quite a lot. And as we look at uh, Mitch McConnell tonight saying that it's now a vote of conscience, which I think he actually means. I mean, who knows? It's hard to tell with Mitch McConnell, but it does feel like he's, he's serious about it this time. This is going to be a vote of conscience when it comes down to um, impeaching Donald Trump a second time. But that's still a few weeks away. We still have to get there. Right now, 50 states are on alert because something could be coming. Everyone seems to be equally certain that, well, maybe not certain is not, not the right word, but people seem to think that D.C. is safe ish you know that there's enough people there enough security to go on there that really you know it, it's nothing no no rational person will send themselves into into dc into a fortress like that but the other state houses in the 50 states those are a concern for people today as are things like um you know uh, cutting off the grid the power grid things like that remain a big concern so those are the things that people are paying attention to they're paying attention to because they are the words and threats of the president and of the president's lawyers and the president's allies like Michael Flynn and these various other people that showed up. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I'm not going to put too much of these things up, but just to get a sense, if you get a sense of what's going on, um, Lynn Wood, who's the lawyer of, uh, of Donald Trump, um, one of his tweets, I'll show it to you later on, he talks about, you know, people needing to preserve their, their supplies, getting their, um, getting their energy sorted out, thinking ahead about what they might do in, in the case of a major event like that, like, like a power grid failure for a few days. The other thing that's become quite apparent in the last few days is that the GOP is really very, very much part of this. This is not just some Donald Trump thing that he's done on his own. This is something the GOP has done as a group. There's a bunch of congressmen and women who seem to have been taking part in organizing this, showing parades around, I'm showing tours around Capitol and also making inflammatory speeches and tweets and what have you in order to support this. And um, I know, Greg, you want to put this in a, in a historical context, and I think it's a good place for you to jump in here and sort of explain how, you know, when last have we been in this situation before in America? Well, you spoke uh, earlier about civil war and how we don't want civil war. Abraham Lincoln didn't want civil war either. The northern states didn't want civil war. The southern states chose civil war when they seceded from the Union after the election of, of Lincoln in 1860, right? So um, we don't want it, but it's already been declared on us. Mm -hmm. And what happened 
last week on January 6th was the worst insurrectionist attack or secessionist attack on American soil since the surrender of Robert E. Lee. That's what it is historically. That was an act of civil war, an attempt to uh, jumpstart an insurrection that, by the way, is still ongoing. This yeah. was not an isolated event that's now it's over. Yeah, this is still that. going and will continue to go and at least until Trump is no longer the president. Um, I've been writing and I keep talking about the civil war. I keep talking about Booth. Um, one, of, one of my readers, uh, Michelle, decided to call these people the Wilkes Boothers. And I think that's a great name for them because that's what they are. They're Wilkes Boothers. So tell us all um, who that is, because I know it, but uh, I don't remember the entire details of it, to be the honest. The people so that, that, that besieged the Capitol that building right. on January 6th. Now, look, if you want to go to D.C. and be on the lawn and paint your face up and chant crazy shit, that's your constitutional right. Nobody has any problem with that. Once you cross the Rubicon of besieging a federal building, taking on the police, breaking open the door to the people's house and stealing shit and going after people, that is an act of and war. Killing That's, cops. And, and, and killing cops. They murder. All of this stuff. Yeah. That's an act of war. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. So these people in my mind, I, I don't care that they look silly. I don't care that maybe three quarters of them were just wandering around the hallways like morons. These people are a serious threat to the country and they need to be treated as such. So, And, and I think what's happened in the last nine days is people are slowly realizing the gravity mm -hmm. of what happened, which is this. These people came in and the goal was, first of all, to try to stop the, the count of the votes from happening, which they did. They succeeded in doing that at least for a few hours. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because that asshole lawyer Eastman, the same guy who wrote the birther tract against Kamala Harris, in Newsweek told Trump that if they disrupted this thing that he could remain president. The guy was wrong because he's a fucking asshole moron. But Trump believed him because Trump is also a fucking asshole moron. So uh, anyway, that's what that that was successful. They did stop that from happening. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> we're allowed to laugh. OK, the second thing is with Pence. They were animated against Pence. You mentioned Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood tweeted several times. Pence yeah. traitor. Give him the blindfold. He's going to be executed for treason. They were the there. First. They had they, they, they had a cross up on the lawn. They had gallows. They were armed. They were not going to take him hostage. The goal was, as I see it, they were going to kill Pence. They were going to kill Pelosi. And they were going to kill Chuck Grassley so that Mike Pompeo would then be next in line for the presidency. And when Trump resigned, that fuck would pardon him. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's what happened. And I have yet to see any evidence to suggest that that's wrong. Look at what Pompeo was up to in the two weeks prior to this. He was tweeting his allegiance to Trump. He was saying weird things about how the election was, you know, uh, in 2021, Trump would still be president. Lots of sed uh, seditious things out of the mouth swagger, of that. Right? Yes, swagger. swagger which is it? Which was a which was part of the radicalization? Was an enculturization of like this is manlyhood. This is swagger. Look at me. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Swagger. So that that guy, Pompeo, no. needs to be hauled before uh, a congressional committee, sworn under oath and asked questions until he cracks. And he will because he's a wimp. Anyway, the I don't want to make jokes about it so much because this is like it, it's really hard to wrap your head around. We have been talking about this for four years. We've been talking about Trump. We know he is a criminal. Most people haven't made that leap yet. Most mm. people still think he's a dumbass, greedy asshole. 
they haven't gotten to the point where, oh, he's a mobbed up criminal. Really? They haven't reached that point yet. Now it's way beyond that. What he's done as of 1-6 is, is way beyond criminality. Now he's in straight on sedition. Oh, absolutely. And he's a traitor by, in, it, it, in every, it, it, in every strange even, sense of the word. Yeah. It, it, it's not even close. I, Frankly, I'm, I'm having problems processing it. And again, we've been on this story for four years. So imagine yeah. people that haven't been. Yeah. And, you know, the, I don't want to I don't want to just monologue for the next 20 minutes, but there's more things I want to say about, you know, the, th the, the, the things ahead that we have to, you know, start to process. Um, does somebody want to jump in before yeah. I go there? I don't I wanna, think one of the things that I, I, I do, I think, uh, I, I, let me just I want to say this as a good because I think you gave a good transition there. Um, there's also people jumping ahead or jumping in ahead of the fray. And I'm talking about really big reporters, right? Journalists thinking that they can all of a sudden cover um, what we're dealing with, with the, with the people who the information terrorists and their cohorts that staged and planned this thing as if it was just an inform another information op. Um, and we have been at the, at the heart and the core hot, fucking lava core of radicalizing uh, our our citizenry with a real intent, real focused intent for at least six years. Mm -hmm. um, all of it escalating to uh, unprecedented levels after Kavanaugh. So I, I, I get that the journalists want to jump in and some big names want to jump in now and be the heroes of the day and take down the seditionists and talk about Ali Alexander and all that. But there are journalists who have been tracking and following these extremists from the beginning, and they need to be the ones that we're all listening to right now, not this sort of pop culture stuff that's going on. Um, I, I, although I, I do appreciate that. I appreciate that people with very big platforms like the Ronan Farrows of the world are using their platforms to focus on this. That's nice. However, um, the, the, the level of expertise you need, this is surgical shit now we're into. If you're going to start calling these people out, them, knowing who they are, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not someone who, who can do that <laughs> to any degree, but I will do my best here. But I'm telling you, everyone needs to just focus on the journalists like Luke O'Brien, like Michael Edison, focus on these guys that have been in deep and the hate ecosphere and know who the players are and what actually is happening and what is going on. And you will find that Giuliani, Mike Flynn, Flynn Jr., Don Jr., Donald Trump, and Steve Bannon especially have been at the core of this for years now. For years. Okay? And that's actually a great place for me to jump and in so there, I'm, I'm just begging everybody. Good. I'm just begging everybody right now. I'm just begging you. I'm really, I'm really begging you to to listen to what we have to say here as the best of our ability to say it and then follow follow the people who know what they're talking about when it comes to this stuff um that we, you don't jump in and day trade on this this isn't a me too moment or anything else. this is it's just beyond all of that okay uh, lb just can you say who the people are tell O'Brien. everybody who to follow well, I, would, I would follow luke o'brien um, uh, he, I don't think anyone's been embedded with these people and, and talking to them and dealing with them as a, as a journalist as long as he has and has been as careful at it as he has. 
um, for years and years now at, with his family at great and his own life at great personal risk. Um, and he continues on. So that, that would be the number one. And then the Southern Poverty Law Center, Michael, uh, I always say his name wrong, Michael Edison Tyson, who's, who's there. He had a, he had a, um, he did a press conference today. Um, I believe you can find a recording of it. Also, if I could get his permission to put that on Twitter and, and tweet that out to everyone where he's answering questions and also giving has to, giving the context, giving the uh, all the articles and all of the research and all the investigating that he has been doing at, at uh, SPLC on, uh, on hate groups and on who these people really are. And inside of that, these information terrorists inside of all of this that have been have been festering all this, growing it, making it so that it's it's moms and dads with their kids that show up for an insurrection. Those motherfuckers, let me tell you, I call them the fuckaloos, right? You guys, for a reason. Okay, I gave them a name even months ago now. Um, half of those people don't even believe in what they're peddling. They know what they're doing. Most of them got into it for Instagram likes and have a following and for money and for Bitcoin. They're, they're, this, this is not okay. Uh, and so, but, you know, just follow those two, follow those two journalists. Those are the two. I would follow them. And I would follow what Molly McHugh continues to do and put out because in a, in a professional sphere that she's in is how does this then come into geopolitics and how do operatives like Manafort and Stone and, and Bannon use this, these movements, use these operatives, use these information terrorists, use propaganda to really foment unrest, if not outright war, in nation states, right? Well, let's, do, let's um, look at exactly that right now. So I'm going to play you two clips that are, I think are yeah. useful. First one is Donald Trump two weeks before the 6th. So he was on some campaign trip predicting what was going to happen making it very clear that something big was going to happen. It's a short clip, but we'll take a listen to that. It follows directly with Michael Flynn talking to two people. Uh, one is just a local talk show, but the other one is to InfoWars, whatever that guy's name is. Uh, Alan. Alex Jones. Uh, Alex Jones, InfoWars. There's no voice there. It's going to be the end of the world. But I want you to really listen to what Michael Flynn is saying, because Michael Flynn talks about he's got two weeks. That was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Michael Flynn sounds like. You know, he's basically saying this is going to last a period of time. There is a a plan in place and that they are convinced that Donald Trump will remain the president of the United States. So listen to these two clips. They predate the sixth. We have a lot of corrupt things that happen when they don't fight. One thing I've learned about Republicans, they have some difficulties, but you know a difficulty that they don't have? They never forget. They never forget. And people are going to find that out because uh, we have to go and we have to go all the way and that's what's happening and you watch what happens over the next couple of weeks. You watch what's going to come out. Watch what's going to be revealed. You watch. A lot going on. A lot going on as your you guys know, your audience knows. And uh, and I think that uh, we're we really in the next couple of days, I think we're going to see some extraordinary historical moments. It wasn't just a fight on Christmas Eve where he was going up against the Hessian force across the other side of the river. But then it, it ensued for the next couple of weeks. The, uh, the truth is going to come out. Donald Trump will continue to be the president of the United States for the next four years. There's no doubt in my mind when I'm asked on a scale of one to ten, 
What's, what's the scale that you put that Trump will be the next president? I say 10, without a doubt. That is the truth. Everybody in this country, everybody in the world knows that this election on the 3rd of November was a total ripoff. It was a fraudulent election. We have had foreign interference from multiple countries. I'll rattle them off here if you want to get into that. And, uh, and Donald Trump was the clear winner. So, um, you know, this is their plan. This is what they've been executing. This is what they thought was going to happen. These, these, those comments made before the 6th. So this is what they were expecting to happen. They were expecting their crowd of people to show up at the steal the, what do they call it? The steal, stop the steal, stop right? The steal. Stop the steal march. So this was their intention. They were heading there to cause trouble and to fight. And then they get there on the day and it's another um, you know, it appears that this thing has been paid for, by the way, by someone from Bit uh, someone from France has given them hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bitcoins. Now, that's that came out of Yahoo yesterday. I don't know if you guys have seen any follow up on that, but it certainly is interesting to me that the money appears to be coming from foreign lands or at least through a Bitcoin account that's based in France. Have you guys seen any of that and any follow up on that information? I, I've seen it. I don't have follow up. If I have to go back into tracing Bitcoin wallets, I'm going to go <laughs> mad. Like I, I, uh, I'll just I'll let people who are better at that than me. Uh, but, it, you know, all that's traceable. Yeah, it's traceable. But the hundreds of thousands of dollars worth showing up in the hands of these right wing leaders two yeah. days before a stop the steal thing. Now there's a real question about whether some of this is really being funded and coordinated out of out of the United States, which I certainly think there must be an element of, obviously, considering my emphasis on Russia. But I think that there's, you know, even within the FBI, some people uh, who are close there have been saying today that they believe that there is an investigation into whether there are foreign uh, payments involved in this particular attack, which wouldn't surprise wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, that's part of the investigation. You have to do that. There's yeah. always there's always a, a money piece of to find out where the funding is, look at the the communication channels, all of that. It's all, you know, we'll we'll wait on our investigators. I think if we don't see some more really uh, big violent events. Um, this weekend, it will be because of this incredible effort by the FBI and um, all the coordinating law enforcement agencies. And we owe them a real debt of gratitude right now. I know everybody's upset at what, hap what was allowed to happen on the 6th. And I think we've all seen now a lot more footage to see how overwhelmed Capitol Police were um, and how that could even have happened in the, to begin with. Uh, there's, uh, you know, most certainly investigation to that, as we've been told. But, you know, our law enforcement, they're really good. And, um, and we're going to owe them a lot. I do think that there is still a good, big concern about like what might this. happen this weekend and uh, in the next few days. Oh, yeah. I, I, this is this is again, I beg everybody, listen, there, there's constant alerts being put out now about every state capital. We're being, the law enforcement is telling us there's plans. This thing is ongoing. Be safe. Okay. Active threat in all 50 states. There you go. So that's not um, hyperbole. We, we, everyone needs to take this very, very seriously. There's an ongoing op and Rudy and his drunken idiocy has shown us. And that stupid pillow guy has shown us some of the, I think, I think I can see where the information op was headed um and who the key people were in that because of that text um and we had a heads up about all of this the other big heads up was that georgia call it happened 
that same week. I can't believe this has all happened so insanely close together. But with Trump calling the, the Georgia Secretary of State Raffensperger, and um, and I still say that that audio was leaked from Trump himself. They recorded it as well. They leaked it. I I believe that Raffensperger. Then I was like, okay, maybe not if his office is saying that they recorded it and leaked it. But actually, Raffensperger was on 60 Minutes this past Sunday and said, no, I didn't leak it. Mm. He doesn't know how that that tape got out. And the reason why Donald might do that uh, or would do that is because if you listen to that, it, we're all coming at it from our rational world of information, thinking, oh, right. he would never do that. That implicates him. Right. In his world, which we all got to see, the people living in his realm, in his bubble of his fantasy bubble, this alternate reality that all these folks are in about the election was stolen. And he, what he was doing in that call, whether it was working in terms of a muscle effect or not, was not the point of the call. The point of the call was to get out all those buzzwords, to talk about the the elect the ballots and the stuffing and who's this and name the woman and then talk about the um, have you seen the videotapes because they were someone got videotapes on there <laughs> you know it's that whole thing in Georgia was an op as well um, and and they were exercising the Dominion voting machines and take a, have you heard this people are saying he's saying that whenever he says people are saying he's the person saying it it's coming from his team of people who have crafted these cons these elements of these conspiracies and pushed it down into the information ecosphere. I can't say that enough. You do have reporters and journalists trying to cover the, the hate ecosystem and this conspiracy stuff, and they they're not the good ones. They're okay, but they come out of uh, thinking that Donald Trump, everybody's got this narrative that Donald Trump is just sitting back, watching TV, consuming conspiracies and believing them. He is crafting them with his team and pushing them out. Absolutely. He's watching to this TV to see how much traction they're getting, but he's there. It's coming from inside the house. Absolutely. <laughs> the conspiracy calls are coming from inside the house. He's been losing Everyone this election since stop. July. And he, you know, the elections only happened in November. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.